It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 27th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy with you here on a Tuesday. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And if you haven't already... Be sure to check out our new website, LockedOnMagic.com. I, I'm experimenting a little bit with it, doing more podcast-specific content, previewing what's coming up on the show, having some conversation starters so we can take the conversation uh, any everywhere, really, off uh, to, to the Facebook page at Facebook.com. Uh, just search for Locked On Magic. Uh, online at Locked On Magic on Twitter. And, of course, just giving you an idea of what I'm reading, what I'm thinking about, and what I'm planning for the show upcoming. So be sure to check out LockedOnMagic.com. As I noted on LockedOnMagic.com yesterday, today's show, I give you a little preview of what I'm going to talk about on the day's show coming up. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Alfred Payton's return to Orlando. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday during the Facebook Live. So I want to talk a little bit about it now and, and kind of the crossroads of where the Magic are at. I've, I've talked, I know I've talked about the point guard situation before. I know I've talked about where the Magic stand. But I think Alfred Payton's return and some of the struggles he's had with the Phoenix Suns have, have really brought a lot of that into focus. And so we'll spend the majority of today talking about that and talking about those uh, about what's going on there. But I do want to start with a few random odds and ends and some notes that we do need to get to and do need to talk about. Uh, just just not a whole lot of stuff, just kind of ease our way into today's show. It's going to be a quick show, I think. Um, but a couple news items coming out of Magic Practice on Monday. Jonathan Simmons is back doing one-on-one work, um, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel and John Denton of OrlandoMagic.com, or actually Frank Vogel, I think, told, told the media, assembled media that. Um, and so that is good news that Simmons is back on the court. He injured his wrist in practice last week. However, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel reported on Saturday that it might still be another week before Simmons comes back. I don't think we'll see Simmons back during this homestand. 
Also on the injury front, Jonathan Isaac is still feeling some discomfort in his foot. And so he is currently out as well. I wouldn't expect him back or he didn't practice as well. I think the Magic have more of an impetus to play him and want to get him out there, but they're obviously not going to rush it. And of course, this gets to one of the bigger debates and arguments that that, that I have with people and uh, really kind of cuts to, you know, to, to, to what's going on behind the scenes perhaps. With the way the Magic are at right now, with the Magic being so far out of the playoff race, and and you know maybe I'll use this as a vehicle to kind of emphasize what what I think about tanking. Again, this is this is an argument I've had. This is a debate I've had online. I've mentioned it on this show. So let me just clear this air right now and, and how I feel about tanking. If it, it hasn't been clear to this point, when it comes to tanking, I don't mind the Magic doing what they're doing. If the Magic were in the playoff race, I have no doubt that Jonathan Isaac and Jonathan Simmons would both be playing right now. I have no doubt of that. If they needed them to play, they would be playing. I have no problem with the Magic saying to these two guys, let's make sure you're 100% before we throw you back out there. Because these games have no meaning. Really, I mean, logistically. And so I have no problem with the Magic shutting these guys down. Uh, Isaac maybe a little bit more because I do think the Magic need to get him playing. But I have no problem with the Magic saying to Evan Fournier, we could rush you back from your from your knee sprain and I'm sure you want to get back and I'm sure Evan's working hard to get himself back. But we don't really have to. So why do it? I have no problem with this approach. I have no problem with the thought process. I have no problem with that at all. To me, that is perfectly acceptable. I don't care about that About that when it comes to tanking. If that's how the Magic tank, and that is how teams tank, honestly, I'm okay with that. As I've told many tankers, we're not far off. We all want the same things. We have different ways of getting there. Doing this is not a problem in my book. I want these guys to be healthy. There is no reason to throw them out there. Let's see what other guys can do. And obviously, these guys are better than what the Magic have. The Magic would be a better team if Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Simmons were playing. They would be a better team. So if the Magic are keeping themselves from being a better team to make sure these guys are healthy, with where the Magic are at in the standings, I am absolutely okay with it. Again, what I am not okay with is believing that the players that you do have should somehow be purposefully throwing games or that if with the players that you do have available, you have the chance to win, you don't take advantage of that chance to win. Tanking to me is done before tip-off. When you decide maybe how you want your rotations to work out and certainly with the way the Magic have played in the second quarter, you can argue that. Tanking to me is done before tip-off with who you hold out of the game, maybe how you set up your lineups and rotations, what you want to experiment with. Tanking is not done during the game. During the game, it is still about winning to me. I expect the players to try and win games because the moment you lose that, the moment you lose everything. Players need to try and win games. Coaches need to try and win games. They may not have the ability to do so, but they at least need to try and do so. And that's 
been my perspective on tanking. The Magic currently sit with the four, tied for the fourth best lottery odds with the Dallas Mavericks, a team they'll play next week. And yes, when Dallas comes to town, I want the Magic to win that game. I want the Magic to win every game. But I recognize the reality that they probably will not because they do not have the talent to do so. That's where I stand with tanking. I want to make that perfectly clear. I don't like the strategy, but I understand it. It's rational. It is, in some respects, the right thing to do, but not once the ball goes up. Once the ball goes up, you got to try and win the game. So yeah, if Aaron Gordon happens to, you know, get a little nick or roll an ankle, yeah, shut him down. No reason to play him, except if Jonathan Isaac's available. There are still things you want to learn. There's still things you want to see. Accomplish those. But you still want to try and get wins. You still want to win at the end of the day. And something I will talk about maybe on the site tomorrow and, and maybe a little bit in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic is exactly how the Magic are distributing minutes between their young players. Because I, I understand a lot of people are frustrated with that. Uh, I would argue that there might be some extenuating circumstances, but that's that's neither here nor there at the moment. So few minor injuries for the Magic right now. Um, holding them back a little bit, but not too much. Um, hopefully we'll, maybe we'll see some of these guys back. Who knows? The other little news nugget to get to, the Lakeland Magics game against the Erie Bayhawks on Tuesday has been postponed to Saturday. Um, no official word coming from the G League, but the G League playoffs were pushed back to the weekend, presumably because of the death of the uh, Grand Rapids Drive player. Um, he, he died actually on the court. It was really, really scary. Um, thing that happened uh, on uh, on uh, on uh, over the weekend, um, Zeke Upshaw uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, so a a a definitely scary moment for for the, for the NBA family. And it appears the G League uh, has decided to push its playoffs back to uh, to give everyone time to mourn and give everyone time to to recover, just not to play basketball so quickly, especially since Grand Rapids is in the playoffs. So um, our thoughts and prayers out to him and his family, to the G League family. We'll look forward to the G League playoffs this Saturday as uh, as the uh, as the Magic get going or as, as things get going here. So definitely um, uh, definitely looking forward to Lakeland playing in the G League playoffs, but obviously uh, we can wait a little while longer. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, I didn't get a chance to talk about this in in Monday's Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live and Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. Um, And immediately after, I was was like thinking, 
should have talked about this. That should have been a topic that came up. And it kind of came up a little bit, but I want to draw it out a little bit more. Um, shortly after the Magic traded Alfred Payton, um, it was two or three games in, and, and, and I, I went on Locked On Suns, uh, and you can find the link. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try and provide that on Locked On Magic. I, I went on Locked On Suns because they wanted to chat with me about Alfred Payton, and, and, and Phoenix kind of being the team that they are, being a team that's trying to find its way back to the top or trying to find its way again, trying to reestablish its core, has sunk to the bottom of the standings uh, this year as well. They... They were they were curious about what they were getting in Alfred Payton. They were really curious because here's a guy who you look at the numbers and everything looks fantastic, and you're wonder and and you get him real cheap for a second round pick, and, and that that was an absolute steal for the kind of player that Alfred Payton is. And they're thinking to themselves, we're getting a pretty good player here. So what are we missing? What can we expect from him? And very early on in his first couple games with Phoenix. I remember fielding a lot of Magic fans saying, oh, look at what the Magic gave up for Alfred Payton. I can't believe we only got a second-round pick for this guy. As he was putting up big numbers, and, and, and I jokingly said at the time, he's putting up those big numbers, but look at the results. Look at how the team is playing. And, and Phoenix is a worse team than the Magic. So, you know, Payton can put up numbers, and, and it may not matter. It, it may not be him. But we'd watched him over the last four years and, and kind of understood what he was. In that podcast, you know, I laid out who Alfred Payton is to me. And it's a guy who can get into the paint, do a lot of really good things, but the inconsistencies drive you nuts. It's it's not so much that he can't shoot the ball, which, which was a problem in Orlando. It was his lackadaisical defense. It was his... Just the way that his numbers didn't seem to impact the game. When the Magic needed him to turn the corner and help the team win, it never came. It didn't develop that way. Peyton wasn't the starting point guard the Magic needed. And with Orlando trying to flip over its core and move on to a new place, it was clear that Peyton was kind of the guy on the chopping block. That he was the guy that the Magic kind of knew they had to move on from. No surprises there. And I felt like in that podcast, I was unfairly harsh to Peyton in several ways. I was being, I was trying to be real. I was trying to explain, you know, why the Magic let him go. Um, kind of raised some alarm bells for Phoenix fans who'd only seen the really good of Peyton. And let and just kind of have this understanding that that you know this is kind of what he is. Of course. Suns fans still believe that he could be someone that they invest in, that they're willing to give a, a contract to this summer and help them take another step forward or help them solidify their core. We get to Saturday's game and there's already think pieces from Phoenix Suns bloggers from the Arizona Republic from, from several sites kind of noting that that honeymoon period is over. That... Alfred Payton, for all that he does statistically, and his statistics with Phoenix are roughly the same as they were in Orlando. In 18 games, he's scoring 12.4 points per game, uh, 6.4 assists per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, shooting at 45% effective field goal percentage, which is actually worse than it was in Orlando. He was making, he was kind of producing at the same level. And Phoenix had only won one game. You look at the on-off stats, you look at the net ratings when Peyton's on the floor, 
the Suns were significantly worse with Peyton on the floor. How much of that is the roster that they have? I don't know. But it continues the trend that we saw in Orlando, where the Magic just were not significantly better with Peyton on the floor. And Suns fans seem to be coming to the realization that Peyton is not their point guard of the future. Alfred Payton's restricted free agency this summer is going to be interesting. I don't know what he's going to get. And at this point, you've got to almost treat him like he's a backup point guard, salary-wise. No one's going to believe in him as a starter at this point. And that's kind of the, the quandary that the Magic were in, and now the quandary that the Suns are in. Payton produces at a starter level. He can change a game with his playmaking. But consistency has always been his issue. Consistency has always been what kept him from becoming the player the Magic needed him to be. Consistency, not necessarily even statistically, the intangibles that you need from a point guard. You know, I was thinking this during the second quarter of Saturday's game when Orlando was struggling. They need a leader. And time and time again, you wanted Alfred Payton to be that leader because he'd been the starting point guard for four years. And he wasn't. He never took that step up. And that's the problem that Payton ran into with Orlando. That's why the Magic let him go and were willing to do so for almost nothing. The Magic were not bringing Alfred Payton back this summer. And so if the question you want to ask is, did the Magic win that deal? As I said on yesterday's podcast, the Magic and the Suns both won that deal. They both got what they wanted from the deal. The Magic got something for Alfred Payton when they could have gotten nothing. And the Suns got the chance to experiment with a young player giving up a minimal asset to do so. So the trade was a win-win, even if neither team comes out better in the end. They both accomplished their goals. But Alfred Payton's departure has left another big question. One that I don't think has been quite satisfactorily answered. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It was about a week and a half ago now that that I did a, 
a podcast that I taught that I entitled the point guard problem. And I think we're still seeing this point guard problem now with this team. Since Peyton's trade, DJ Augustin has been fantastic. 13.3 points per game, 50% field goal percentage, 47.3% from beyond the arc, 5.9 assists per game since the All-Star break. He nearly had a triple-double against the Suns, had a 30-point game on a win over the Bucks. Those are fantastic numbers. Shelvin Mack, too, has been pretty solid as well. But I think we all know, when we look at this roster, when we look at those two players, that neither one is the answer. Because just like the Suns with Alfred Payton, the results are not there. Orlando's not going anywhere. And they're not going anywhere with these two players as their point guard. There's still too much inconsistency. Throughout the last, geez, throughout the last three or four years, I've really, really since we kind of understood what Peyton was, maybe two years ago, I've said that I have the same opinion of Alfred Peyton that I have of Nikola Vucevic. Point guard and center are probably the two most important positions on the floor. And you don't want to give up a starter caliber player at either of those positions unless you have the replacement in place. Unless you know exactly where you're going to get an option that works. When the Magic signed Bismack Biyombo, actually when the Magic acquired Serge Ibaka, I thought that was it for Nikola Vucevic. I thought the Magic found their replacement. They can finally trade Vucevic. That obviously hasn't happened. But Alfred Payton isn't like that. When the Magic traded Alfred Payton, they had to, to, to get something. But when the Magic traded Alfred Payton, they did so without having that replacement ready. Without having that backup, that steady backup option ready to go. Without having that point guard of the future ready to play. And as I've said a few times, that puts the Magic in some dangerous places, in some dangerous waters. Especially as they continue to try and develop. Now, Orlando could turn to the draft for their point guard. That's a reason why a lot of people say the Magic will draft Trey Young. And I don't think it's impossible that they'll draft Trey Young. There are some good point guards in this draft. I like Shai Gilgis Alexander. Um, I like Colin Sexton, although I agree with a lot of people who say he reminds them a little too much of Alfred Payton with his with his poor shot. There's some guys late in the second round, some some seniors that I like late in the second round who aren't a sure thing to develop into starters, but I think could be solid players and, and kind of keep the team going next year. But the one thing I know for sure is it would be very difficult to go into next season with DJ Augustin as your starting point guard. It would be very difficult to go into next season with this same point guard rotation. And so in essence, need number one for the Magic is the need they gave up in trading Alfred Payton this this trade deadline. The Magic will need a point guard. Their point guard flaws, defensively especially right now, are kind of laid bare. Orlando has not 
fixed, figured this problem out. And they're not going to this year. Let's, let's be clear. They can't. But now that question is laid at them, at their feet. This is the big question for the roster this summer. You know, they'll make some changes to the roster for sure, start flipping over some of the, some of the more established players. But clearly, they have to do a little bit more, def- more with their point guard position. They have to get a little bit more. Or they have to build toward a future that's a little bit more. Because Augustine's been great, but he's been inconsistent his entire career. He'll have a good year followed by a bad year. This is his good year. It's like flipping a coin. Who knows what Augustine you're going to get next year. And Shelvin Mack has been great for stretches of the season. But he isn't a long-term point guard option either. And so trading Alfred Payton exposed the Magic's problem at point guard. We knew it would. And he had to rip off that Band-Aid. But now the question, now all those questions about finding a point guard, making sure it's the right one this time. Someone you can build around and build up with. Because we've seen a lot of teams who don't find that point guard. And they get lost. Orlando took this gamble that they could, they could find this point guard within a year or two years. They took this gamble giving up a guy who produced at a starter's level. And now they have to find a way. They have to find a way to get someone to fill this need. And so Alfred Payton's return to me Showed me exactly why the Magic let him walk. Showed me exactly why he struggled so much in Orlando and why things didn't work out. But even with DJ August and Shelvin Mack playing well, it reminded me too that the Magic have to answer this question now. There is no avoiding it like they have for maybe the last two, three years. They have to answer this question now. Or at least in the summer. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Just search for Locked On Magic there. You can also follow us now online at LockedOnMagic.com. Like I said, I'll be posting uh, some discussion points to, to start conversations online, as well as sharing what I've been reading, what I'm looking at, and what I'm planning for the show ahead. So be sure to check that out as well. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look back at last week's Hall of Fame induction of Tracy McGrady, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. On tomorrow's episode, we'll preview the Magic's game against the Brooklyn Nets. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 